we are back. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Overachievers show. Uh, I'm your host, Martin Amini. I'm here with my co-host, substituting for DJ Bo. Shout out to Phil Lewis. What's going on? Thanks, man. Thanks for being here, man. We're going to get right into it, man. Today, we got a special guest. Every episode we say that, but this is by far uh, the most accomplished <laughs> comedian we've had. That's true. It's true. Every yeah. guest is special, but this is, he's an overachiever's favorite. Uh, his credits, I had to write it down on paper because there's so many credits from Comedy Central to HBO Dev Comedy Jam to BET's Comic View to every, anything you could, like every, every channel on cable TV, he's done. You know what I mean? He's written for Arsenio Hall. He's written for George Lopez. He's written for Ron Artest. He's done it all, man. Man, give it up for our guest today, man, Alex Scott, man. Give it up for Alex Scott. Yeah. Waving like they can see me. I'm excited to be here, man, because I feel I genuinely feel like you're the most like slept on comedian. I that, feel like that. He's man. like you're. I'm like the Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, out like here, the comic. Man. You're like comics' favorite comic type yeah, of dude. Man, you know what I mean, like Dangerfield out here. I don't get no respect, man. You know. <laughs> What, 20 years deep in the game? 20 years deep, you know, probably 15, 20 TV credits deep, you know. Uh, wrote for everybody. I don't I don't say I get to get on the road a lot with a lot of people. When you're funny, you don't get to get on the well, road. Well, you're 20, yeah. I would imagine you were the guy nobody who you can bear. Yeah, you nobody don't, want yeah. me to open up for them it's, all weekend. Yeah. They don't I can want see that. that. They don't want that. But do you can you I don't un- even get upset about it though. You know you what I'm saying? You understand why? I understand though? why. Like, yo, I understand you're gonna, why. You're going to put them in a predicament. I put them in a you out there and then you cru- you try to crush the I, I'm going to crush. Oh, yeah. You know? Bro, like I had Alex on a show where he uh he featured and he he like put the headliner in a tough spot, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm not going to say who it was, but it was it was it was evident. It was like people coming up to me like, "Oh, Alex Scott was my favorite." So, you know, <laughs> people coming up to me. So, that's why we had to so, have Alex Scott come through the podcast and he's also featuring on our uh on our July 26th show at the DC Comedy Loft. It's our first time doing a show there. We're moving to a bigger venue. And it's also my birthday show. So, you know I had to come with the big guns. Alex Scott's featuring. We got Rami Mostafavi and one of my favorites Jason Weems. That whole lineup is just fire. Crazy. It's yeah, fire. it's fire. Yep. It's fire. Um a few tickets left for that if you want to check that one out, but uh thank you for coming through, man. No, I you're back. You're back in the area cuz I remember I remember seeing you in L.A. back when I used to live in L.A. pre-stand up, 2010 to 2012. I lived in L.A. and at that time I was uh, rolling with my cousin Max. I know Max. Yeah, killer on stage. Yeah, I I remember going to the Laugh Factory and that, that those were the years that I, I was just hanging, watching, just sitting at the comics table, you know, with like Neil Brennan, Dane Cook. Oh, yeah. And I'd see you go up and just All murder. The comics hanging out upstairs. Yeah, upstairs and the know, laugh- Eddie Murphy or somebody might walk in He's there, but you can't act like you 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 you, you, you starstruck in yeah, L.A. You got to be you got to be cool yeah, in cool. L.A. You got to be cool. You Hollywood know? is a different world, man. Yeah, man, because they expect to be left alone. Hmm. You know, it's not like in D.C. When they come out in D.C., they know people going to walk up to them and say, hey, aren't you that guy? Yeah. No, who, where do I know you from? But yeah. in L.A., you expect to be left alone. Walk us through <laughs> r- Walk us through your trajectory. So you started out in the D.C. area? I started off in D.C. Okay, what year was this? Uh, 97. 97. So when you started in 97, who was around? Like, who uh, were the guys? I was... Uh, T-Rex. T-Rex, okay. Uh, Sean Savoy was T-Rex, around. T-Rex, for those who don't know, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's in L.A. now. He opens for Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Currently. He's Bill Burr's opener. Uh, he's a great comic. Who else? Uh, Sean Savoy. Sean Savoy, okay. Um, Jay Phillips. Jay Phillips. 
who's uh-huh. also in L.A. He was in uh, Will Ferrell's movie. Uh, what was the one with the basketball? Semi-Pro. Semi-Pro. Mm-hmm. So Jay Phillips was in Semi-Pro. And, uh, DC. and just had his own uh, sitcom on Bounce last season. Okay. With... Uh, What's the guy's name? Jay Phillips is a great writer, too. Oh, yeah. He's oh, a yeah. fantastic writer. Semi-pro. Shout out to the Flint Tropics. Yeah. Yes, the Deep Cuts. D-Ray was in that. Yeah. Oh, man. It's a solid okay, so, Andre 3000. So, oh, so, you got, so you got Jay Phillips. You got T-Rex. That's the scene. Those uh, are the killers. Ah, uh, I mean, those they were new guys. Okay, 97? 97. Jay was, they were just starting to be funny. Right. So the killers back then, man, uh, you had your Tony Woods, you know? Tony Woods' name gets dropped on every episode. Every episode. Every uh, every overture, his name has to get dropped. That should be like an inside. That's like an inside yeah. joke from now on. Every episode. I mean, prob- he's probably been like a staple in the DC yeah. comedy world for the last thirty years. Yeah, you can't get rid of Tony. Like Tony's name is synonymous with just DC. I um, mean, you got Teddy Carpenter. Okay, know? Teddy Car. I've never. Re- I've heard Teddy Carpenter, but I don't know much about him. He was probably the the original king of comedy. Okay. You know, and some things happened when he had his sitcom. I heard a couple stories table, about him. Know, people got, people didn't want to follow Teddy Carpenter. Like yeah, Chappelle I had mean, a couple stories about not wanting to follow Teddy Carpenter. Teddy be rough to get along with sometimes, yeah. you know. Some people, but you don't know people's story before they get to comedy. Right. Or even what they went through while doing while comedy. While doing comedy. Yeah. You know. Uh, he was on the original HBO's Deaf Comedy Jam, you know. Uh and did standing over. I think he was like the, one of the first standing ovations on there when Martin Lawrence was the host. Wow. Yeah. So he was getting ten grand a show back then. Damn. Back in the eighties, man. I can't believe nineties, early nineties, getting ten grand a show. Oof. You know. Adjust that for inflation now. You yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> Going so crazy. now, and I was just telling him that, you know, fifteen years ago. I mean, I do okay now. Like I said, on. On slow months, I mean it's okay, but on on a good month, the summer months, man, I do between five and ten grand a month. Most there you, months, yeah, there you go. You know, yeah. I stay busy. I got the, comedy treating you. You know, you it treats off. me good. But yeah. I, I've been I've been at it for so long. You're a seasoned veteran, and the same people call me to book shows for them, and I've been reliable for them for twenty years. You know, right. like next weekend I'm going to Lynchburg, Virginia. Nobody goes to Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But they know me from all the shows I've been on. I was one of the only people repping Virginia back then. Right. I did coming to the stage with little JJ. That ended up being a number one show, 71 million viewers, you know. What channel was that on? BET. Okay. Mm-hmm. With that little kid, little JJ, you remember him? Mm-hmm. The little I was on that. I was one of the finalists. It's kind of big now. Oh yeah. yeah seen- oh yeah, <laughs> he had his own sitcom mm-hmm. on Nickelodeon. He blew up from that yeah, show. Yeah, he's a big boy now. Um, mm-hmm. but we were 71 million viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, my episode on Deaf Comedy Jam, I did the season when D.L. Hughley hosted. I, my episode came on on the, on the same night as the finale of The Wire. Hmm. Wow. I came on right after the finale of The Wire. We got 40 million viewers on my episode, you know? That's incredible, man. So I've always just been able to get in that, that sweet spot. Yeah. I went down the, the second time I went to take Comic View. I get there in town early. It's in New Orleans right before... Uh, Hurricane Katrina. Uh, they called me up. Cat Williams had just blew up Friday and all that had just yeah. came out. I get to town early. Uh, Joe Wrecker, rest in peace, uh, was running late. And mm. they called me and they said, hey, Joe Wrecker's flight is running late. Do you mind taping the first show instead of the third show that you originally down here to tape? I said, I don't mind. 
I get on that show, it's the opening premiere show of the season. It's myself, Rodney Perry, and Cat Williams. Wow. Mm. The guy at the uh, BET office, maybe. This is like five years ago. So, mind you, this is like, 2000, like 2001, 2002. This guy tells me in 2011, he said, man, you like one of the luckiest guys I know. I said, why? He said, that episode that you were on with Cat Williams, he said, it's on continuous loop in every BET office in America. Mm. Oh, my God. He said, we just watched that video. He said, your face is just in BET. So they're showing, they showing your face. They're showing Baby Boy. They're showing all the real, all the BET. All the BET Everything, like 20 times All because of Joe Record. Missed his, his flight. Missed his flight. Mm. I got moved into that slot, mm. you know, and I taped the first show of the day. Damn. You know, and I That's almost got Con- booed off. I almost got booed off. You almost got booed off. <laughs> the guy that went behind me got booed off because that's when Cheryl Underwood was hosting. Okay. Mm. Frying everybody up. Yeah. If you got booed up, she was on you when you got off stage. I ain't going to say the people's name yeah, in D.C., yeah, yeah. but it was a few people that went down there with me that came off with the tears. I'm oh like, what's going God. on? She out there with the air freshener, like, oh, you just stank my stage up oh and all that. Oh, my God. So you know Rodney Perry? Yeah. Killer. I don't know if everybody has seen that episode when he's laying on the ground whipping the the, the bar stool like it's his daddy whipping his tail with the belt. I have seen that. I think I saw it on You've YouTube. You've seen that. You've yeah, seen I think that. I saw it like on YouTube. He did that right in front of me. Huh. <laughs> I'm next. In the, I'm in the bullpit. He is ripping the ceiling off of this. When was that? That was like, like 2002, yeah. 2003. Huh. He is tearing the roof out the building. The lady, the producer, looking at me like, "You ready? <laughs> you ready?" I'm like, "No, I'm not ready. I am not ready." So I get out there, I do my little shit, and it's kind of like, I mean, I, I ride the wave. Right, 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 right. I didn't kill. I didn't do bad. And it was just next, like riding the wave. I just rode the wave, and the next two people sank. Yeah, yeah. they sank. I mean, then Rodney Cat Perry came kind, out and yeah, killed it. Yeah. So the other two people didn't make the episode. So they just played Rodney, me, and Cat. Man. And they ran that episode, man, 50 times that year. So at that time, how how many years in were you already? Maybe like four or five. Damn. So you were a natural. I I read somewhere that the first time you touched the mic, you won second place in a contest. Second place in DC Comedian of the Year contest. The first time you you got on the mic, you you won second place. 19 comedians were in that contest. People that you know now, like Coco Brown was in it. Oh my goodness, yeah, Coco's uh, a headline. Antoine National... Blackman was in it. Yeah, uh, Mike Brooks was in it. T Rex was in it. And my, I had never been on stage. Me and my partner used to sit. I, I was living in Alexandria at the time. We used to just sit around, smoke weed every night. Like I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. He like you gonna do it? I'm like man, I'm gonna do it. Cause I was in the military and I was about to get kicked out. So I'm yeah. like, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you got to figure something out. I got to figure something out, you know. But they say now that's a whole another story. That right. At the time, I had, I didn't know I had I, I I get a disability check now from the military for being having PTSD. Got it. You know, at the time I was just feeling like you know everything is coming down on me. I knew I didn't want to do anything else. Didn't want to have a day job. I said, right. I can't use these people for a reference. What can I do? Do what can I do? Right. <laughs> that I never have to call this sergeant and tell him I need a reference. Hey, stand up. Stand comedy. up is it? Hey. <laughs> stand up is it? Well, you know, I can what? drink, smoke every night. They, if you're not drunk, they show up and they like, you want a drink? Do you need right, one right. to get going? You know. You know what I've seen about just so I'm not a comedian, but what I see most of like 
really just about comedians and about stand-up comedy in general is that there seems to be just like a lot of like luck that kind of goes in with it's it. You luck. have to have luck. You have to have talent. You have to have all yeah, these sorts man. of things. It's luck, and, and it's the drive mm. because Martin has the same thing. Mm. The luck only comes with the preparation, though. Mm. You got to be prepared to be in the position to get lucky, though. Right. You got to be yeah. in the position to get lucky. Bro, I got a story I'll share with you guys because it just happened this past weekend. So some of the listeners might know the story or might know of my Instagram post. But I recently, uh, this past Saturday, I got the phone call to open for Bill Maher at Constitution Hall. So let me preface this by saying exactly what was going on. 2 p.m. Saturday, I get the phone call. I'm driving the ice cream truck. I'm like, bro, I'm like mid-snow cone making. Get the phone call from the DC Improv. The owner of the DC Improv, Allison, hits me up. Never, She's never called me before. This is like straight to phone call, no text. Martin, what are you doing? I said, uh, nothing. <laughs> Just making snow cones. Because anytime a comedy club owner calls you and is like, what are you doing? Are you free tonight? I'm like, I'm yes, free. I'm, I'm free. No I don't know what, what it is. No matter what, I'm, right. free. I'm, I'm free. free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. What's up? Like, Even if, if I got something. Right. Oh, DC Improv called me. Right, I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> Whatever I'm doing, Whatever. they getting canceled. So let me know what it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tell these <laughs> these little fat kids, shut up. I'm talking yeah, to the DC yeah, Improv owner. Yes, Hold on. Yeah. Get your ice cream. Like, like, <laughs> like Big Worm on <laughs> yeah. Friday. <laughs> yeah. It's been really, uh, yo, y'all can wait. This is my this is my moment right now. You're yeah. you're messing up my moment. All right. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Uh, so now so now I'm talking to Allison. She's like, listen, we have a situation. Uh, Bill Maher is running late. Uh, his flight is delayed, and they need an opener for Bill Maher at Constitution Hall. And I'm mm. like, uh, okay. And she's like, can you do it 15 minutes? I'm like, yes. And she's like, great. They're going to call you from L.A. to go over the details. I'm like, thank you so much. Cool. Now my heart's pounding like, is this real? I'm still selling snow cones at this point. So now <laughs> I'm still – because I'm still waiting for that final confirmation. Get the call from uh, L.A. It's Live Nation. For those who aren't familiar with Live Nation, Live Nation is the biggest promotional company in the country Comedy, at the moment. Yeah. music, like poetry, Dave, whatever. Yeah, Dave Chappelle, Trevor Noah, like all the big concerts go through Live Nation. Jay-Z, they all go through Live Nation. So I get the call from the L.A. rep. Uh, he basically walks me through the situation. He's like, Martin, uh, we were told that you're available. Thank you for helping us out in this situation. Uh, we need you to do 15 minutes, no political material, because that's what Bill does. Hmm. And then they, uh, they throw me a number. It's not like a crazy number, but it's like enough to buy some shoes, you know. You at the time, said, you should have said, "I'm Iranian and Bolivian, motherfucker. I am political. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have yeah. to say nothing, and yeah. I'm political." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. And I was like, yo, I'm, uh, that, I said the numbers are fine. They're like, great. Uh, and then they transferred to the DC rep for Live Nation, and he walks me through where to be. They're like, can you be at Constitution Hall by six thirty? I was like, no problem. So now I'm there. I said, can you give me five uh, tickets for my family? Like, cool. So I get my little, my rate, five tickets. We're good. I pull up to Constitution Hall, 630 in the ice cream truck. Okay. Got the, That's got what I was the, wondering. Yeah, I was like, did I you pull like, up in the ice cream yo, truck? I, had to, I was like, because there was not enough time. Because yeah. I, I still had to finish my, my job. I had a couple gigs. I had to finish it. I, I threw out, showered, put on. I was like, am I going to wear a suit for this? Am I going to go casual? I said, man, just go. This is your moment. Be be comfortable. You know what I mean? Don't do not don't do something out of character. I, I don't wear suits. That's not my thing. So I went with the with the nice, fresh jacket and uh, 
got there 6.30, now I'm backstage. And you got to understand, for those who aren't familiar, Constitution Hall is 3,000 seats. This is where Eddie Murphy filmed Delirious. Mm. You know what I mean? This is yeah, this is, it. This is it. This, yeah, is, yeah. this is my moment. This is like my little Cinderella, the ice cream truck is going to turn into a carriage type <laughs> situation. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, mm. I'm about to be Bill, Bill Maher's right-hand man. Like we're 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 in there, you know what I mean? I'm about to be on a private jet. They're gonna fly me out to LA. I'm gonna be a writer on the on the on this show, Real Time with Bill Maher. Like I could see it. I was like, yo, who else better than this immigrant kid? You know what I mean? Hmm. So now, <laughs> I get there. Uh, I'm excited. I'm backstage. They put me in my green room. Um, they got a nice little spread of food and drinks and everything. They're like, help yourself, Martin. Uh, you know, get comfortable. Uh, if you want to do a sound check, we're doing sound checks. I'm getting pictures on stage, you know what I mean? Doing the whole getting, you know, this, I'm like, yo, I'm about to shut it down on Instagram. Meanwhile, I already posted on Facebook and Instagram. My sh- my joints are going, vi- I'm getting mess- <laughs> I'm getting messages. From, I've seen it. I, I, seen I'm it. getting I, messages I, from, I, like, everyone across it. the country. People, L.A. LA hitting school. me up. New York. You know what I mean? Comedians yeah. who don't even talk when to I me. Hit, when I hit like, it was like 28 likes. Yeah. And then I seen it pop up again. No, seriously, like maybe... Three minutes later, it came back in my feed. It yeah. was at like 194. Yeah, I was like, yo, I was like, like 400. I was like, I was like, Martin is lit today. Yo, yo, is, hey, you know, it's like, it's like I was having a moment. It's going up. Everyone, you know, I was having, I was like, damn, this is a part. This is getting, this is more than what I expected. I'm like getting messages from people, like Wale's people were hitting me up. Mm. Like they're like, yo, man, congratulations. You know, like I'm getting messages from people who I never even haven't spoken to in years. I'm like, all right, this is a good look. So now I'm in the green room. And I'm basically like just going over my material, just figure out how I'm gonna get them, where I'm gonna open with, and wh- how I'm gonna like lean on them. And uh, <laughs> and then it, it gets to 7:30. Show starts at eight. The promoter walks in and he goes, "Hey, Martin, listen up. Uh, Bill is uh, actually on his way. He's he'll, he's gonna be here in the next five to ten minutes. We still don't know whether he's gonna want an opener or not. So uh, we're gonna wait till he gets here, and he's gonna decide. So now it's like." 20 minutes of the show starts. It's 3,000 people. I'm like, am I going to go on stage or not? You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't even, this is this is too much. And finally, Bill Maher walks in. He has his manager basically come and talk to me. He's like, listen, um, Bill's going to go up on stage tonight by himself. Uh, we appreciate you uh, for your time. We're going to make you're gonna, we're gonna make sure you're, you're paid and uh, your complimentary tickets. And uh, thank you again. You know, we'll keep your name for the future. And, you know, uh, and anything like this comes up. And I was like, dog, I didn't know. I was like, what am I going to do about these Facebook likes? You know what I mean? I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> but it, w- it was like, it was the most surreal. That, sh- that joint was like easily, I don't know. That's how like from selling snow cones to that moment, I didn't know what was going to happen. Mm. But I knew that if I did go on stage, that shit would have been crazy. But I didn't. And... It ended up just being a wild like experience because I feel like ha- after going through that, I don't I don't know a lot of people who's, who who can, in and you know, who has a story where like one second you're going for three thousand people and one and then another moment you're just getting like nah it's just taking it's like nah you ain't going on stage. I mean on on top of that I don't know I I don't know a lot of people that can get a call. From Bill Maher's people, like right, right, right. Hey, you hey. know, come come perform for three thousand people. Exa- shows, I mean, exactly. You know, that's why, and that's why but I'm it's not. It's still good though, like you said, just to be in that loop and mm-hmm. where you're getting the call, the Bill Maher calls. And right, that. right. Yeah. No, no, it, it, it's it's a super good look. It's a good experience too because uh, I think it's gonna it prepares you for big, even bigger moments than that because it's like I've already been through that, and I, I'm you know, 
the you know I, Constitution Hall, man, that shit would it would have been a great look, but just the relationships alone, and uh and, and you know it's just now I gotta tell the story because I got people hitting me up all the time like yo man how did it go man, and I'm like honestly dog. Uh, I had to copy paste all my responses because I didn't want to keep explaining what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so you just wait till the end and just yeah. give one big reply right. at the yeah. end to everybody. Yeah, no, nah, that joint was crazy. But have you have you ever gone through something like that in in, in your experience? Oh like, man, so many times. I had uh, I've been kicked off of shows by headliners. Uh, Ari Spears kicked me off a show one time at Richmond Funny Bone. What was the what was the, like the big like have you ever had any like the, big the, auditions? The, the, big, the, the big letdown. Yeah, like the big the big one. What's the, the big biggest one, one? The biggest this one. Is, I'm six years in. This is probably for me to my me biggest disappointment. Was I'm gonna catch flack for it, but I don't care. I'm gonna say it anyway. I was on I came up with a show for Orlando Jones. Oh, okay. I wrote the show. Um that was for me. And he was supposed to be the executive producer. This one I was in L.A. Mm-hmm. The show was so good that he he liked it. So the next thing I know, we became co-hosts. And then I became the sidekick as we kept filming. Was this a scripted show or is it a, like a game show? It or? was a uh, show called, it eventually started being called Orlando Jones Takes on History. Mm. And we would go into town, go into these towns, find out something great that happened, or something that happened in history, and we would reenact it. Like the first mm. episode we shot was in Richmond. It was a guy named Henry Box Brown, where he mailed himself out of slavery. He put himself in a box and mailed himself from Richmond, Virginia, to Philadelphia during slavery. Damn. Okay. And mailed himself to freedom. So we reenacted this whole shit. Sound you like know? drunk history before drunk history. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of like we kind of got the idea from like idiots abroad, mm, okay. and I was like the funny sidekick, you know. So as we were filming, I don't think they expected to me to be as good as I was as far as acting. Sure. You know, so I noticed we when we were in the meetings, the edit meetings, I was getting the big laughs, you know. And it started feeling funny. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right. Nah. Every time I get a big laugh, I see certain people looking around. I'm like, okay. So mm-hmm. next thing I know, we come back to the next edit meeting. Less and less of me was in, starting to be in the show. What channel was it supposed to be on? Travel Channel gave okay. us the money for it. Mm. They had already wanted the show. They they seen the first couple of they've seen the trailer and they were like, all right, we in. Sounds really. Dope. Oh yeah. yeah so dope. we in it to it, you know. And then just at the end. Orlando just pulled the plug on it. Mm. Damn. Why do you, he just pulled the he whole thing? On the whole thing. So. For no no explanation. No explanation. No explanation. Mm. You know, they were already ready to order like 20 episodes, you know. So you think it was because of. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure? yeah, oh, yeah okay. I'm pretty yeah. sure of that. Contest you know? clues. Yeah. So. And then uh, I've done like some other stuff with some people in Hollywood where I've wrote some stuff. People in Hollywood. When, when that happens to you, what what is the first? Obviously, the first reaction is like, man, I could. I'm, I would imagine is like, fucking painful. I feel helpless. I feel helpless. How do you bounce back? But how I do you bounce back? I feel helpless because my agents wouldn't even fight against it mm. to fight against him for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess I hadn't got to that level. You know. Yeah. Do you think if you had better agents, you'd be in a they, they'd be in a better position to 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 leverage or something like that? And and the thing was, it's a it's a learning experience, you know, because I was trying to get my agents to do all this up front. You know, we we were supposed to be doing all this 
paperwork up front. So we keep we keep going over. We're fighting and fighting it. And then if you know Hollywood, and if you're in a position like me and you are, you're going to keep going along with it until the paperwork gets done. He's like, I ain't going to get another opportunity. Mm. You know? So then when they finally get so deep into it, they don't have to really work with you or give you the paperwork that you really want or the or the or the money that you really want because the project is already done. Now we're gonna sell it. You can be in it or out of it. Hmm. You know? But at this point I'm like, this was my show. Right. You wrote it. I wrote it. I brought it to you. So then I ended up being the co host, the sidekick to a cameo to out of the email loop. Yeah. So how did you even get linked up with uh Orlando? In Orlando. I opened for him in Denver. I was Feature? already I was featuring. I was already into the improv. Yeah. You know? I was already, I, I still do almost all. I, I don't work the DC improv as much. Like you said, that's an independent. But most of the improv Yeah, and, funny bones and, and funny bones, you know. I'm the know person you. they call when they have a they have a cancellation. Usually. Right. Like for like two years straight I was doing all of Tony Rock's cancellations. Yeah. People would call me like, "Where you at this week?" I'm like, "I don't know." Check Tony Rock calendar. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. he was on this big tour. Was it? And it was. And, it, and you're a good fit for that too, for that audience. I was for that for his audience. See, but my thing is, my style of comedy, I can do straight hood, or I can come do mainstream. Yeah, I've seen you do. I've seen you do Gainesville, like Trump, Trump oh, yeah. audience. Oh yeah. And I can see. I see you in the hood, like Northeast. DC and I can kill in that too. See, but in Hollywood, I did more mainstream nights. I would do like Dane Cook's night. I, I do remember La- Laugh Factory night. was the epitome back then. Oh La- yeah, back in the day when I was from 2010 to 2012, that's when Laugh Factory had heat. Oh, it did. And Comedy Store didn't have heat. Now it's like reversed. Now it's re- well, they all just go in cycles, right? And it's who who they have managing and, and producing yeah, and booking. Yeah. In LA, you know how LA is. You have to find one club and pick. And that's your family. Right. You can't just bounce around to everybody. What made you, a few people yeah. can bounce around. What made you choose Laugh Factory? They chose me. Mm. Kevin Nealon chose me. Kevin uh, Nealon, for those, you know, he's Saturday Night Saturday, Live. Longest Saturday Night Live member ever. Yeah. He was uh, on that show Weeds. Weeds. Remember Weeds? Yeah. Uh, he had a Tuesday night. And yeah, I kept he, emailing about trying to do his new material Tuesdays. Yeah. Where he sit down and interview you? Yeah, and I finally got on it, and I smashed it. Right after uh, I did my DC sniper material, Jamie was there, the owner of the club. Jamie comes out right after I get off stage, called me straight Jamie back. Masada, Jamie Masada, the owner, Masada. the owner of the Laugh Factory. Yeah, the person who you know put Richard Pryor on at Laugh Factory. Been mm-hmm. there since what 1979. Uh, calls me back, there. he's like, "You gonna be a star." I'm like, what? I'm like, this is Hollywood. You know, you're on Sunset Boulevard. Right. Like, you can't just say that. <laughs> you can't just say that. He's yeah. like, you're going to be a star, man. I'm like, damn. I'm like, damn, for That's real. Somebody with he's a good like, eye, too. Yeah. So he's like, this is going to, do you live in LA? I'm like, I'm here like two weeks out of the month in DC, two weeks out of the month. He said, well, when you're here, I want you to work here. I'm like, cool. So I started doing the videos. That's how I met your cousin, Max. Okay. We were both. We were both in that when the Laugh Factory first started putting out those videos viral. going viral. Yeah. I remember because uh, my guy Duran, my friend Duran, was the guy that was producing all of the videos back then. He loved Max. He was kind of like my, my I wouldn't say manager, unofficial manager back then. But he would look out for you. He, he would, would look like, out he, for he, me. He, 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 he would he, make sure my videos, if I came out and taped at Laugh Factory, he made sure my stuff got up on the site. Okay. 
which know? which made a big difference. Oh yeah. Because I could t- I could speak on Max's experience because at the time I was like rolling with them. The videos that they put out was like the Persian girls joke that he had, and then he had a tomato Max juice. Max had jokes. some stuff that hit like a million. It hit views. a million. He was touring the world off of YouTube clips. I remember that. He was going to. He made his first London debut I in a theater that. because of a video from the Laugh Factory. I remember that. And that's a, that's a very um, he would unique. Put that, they would put him out on Tuesdays. Yeah. And if they put your video out on Tuesday morning around nine, by. Tuesday afternoon, two, three o'clock, you already had fifty thousand views. Great. Back then, back that's, then. That, that was a lot. That yeah. was like even now it's a lot, but like even now it's a lot. But, but back then, it, it had, within a week you were up two, three hundred thousand views. Right. And you could travel off that almost. Yeah. That's that's an, and the name Laugh Factory carries so much weight. Yeah. So yeah. I had a few videos that hit a million. Hmm. And they got taken down one day. Damn. And they called me and they like I was like, What's up? They, I was like, uh, I said, I had some videos up, and they just all of a sudden disappeared. And they were like, well, they can reappear. What? But you have to come in and talk to us. So I'm what? like, all right. So I was in D.C., so I was like, well, I'm going to fly out like uh, early next week. I'm going to come in on Monday. I get there that Monday. They had set up a new uh, management system uh, company through the Laugh Factory. So they hired this guy named Kevin Stolper. So Kevin is the new manager. He pretty much was like, if you sign this, your videos will reappear. Oh, my God. Mm. Sounds like extortionist. Oh, basically. You know? (laughs) Jesus. So I'm like, but in Hollywood, I'm in Hollywood, and I'm like, Jamie Masada and these guys want to manage me. Who am I going to be to say no? Right. Mm. Well, at this point, who's his roster? At this point, Dane Cook was just getting – he was. They were trying to sign Dane. He hadn't really didn't have I a think roster. They, I think they had Bill Dawes. They had Bill Dawes. Yeah. They had I, Bill Dawes. They had. Were they, did they have Max? No. Nah, they never. He, they asked Max, and Max said no. Yeah. Which is tricky because if you say no to Jamie, a lot of most people can't come back from you that. You can't come you back. You can't from come that. back. Max was very. I don't know the situation, but um, he was able to still get spots after. But it's tough. They had uh, Bill Dawes. They had me. They had uh, this guy named Tim. Oh, I forgot what Tim's name was. I think that isn't it, tell me if this is Jeff, true cuz I heard uh, this on another podcast Joe Coy was banned because he was with Jamie Masada and then he decided to fire like basically not want Jamie Masada as his manager and then Jamie was like you can't come back to the Laugh Factory Oh yeah Oh yeah you know Jamie Cole shrewd businessman Yeah he's a shrewd businessman So basically I signed with him and my videos never showed back up a few of them are still up there, but the ones that went up to like a million, they never showed back up. Damn. And you get put on these rosters. Then I think Dane ended up coming back to them and really started working with them a lot. So then they started picking up the people who are the highest people on their roster. So it's tricky when you go to Hollywood and you get name name recognition management because now they have high-powered people on their roster. So who are they going to make their calls for? They going to make a call for Jamie Foxx where they going to get $150,000 and the agent gets a $15,000 commission mm-hmm. or are they going to call for Alex Scott for a $2,000 weekend and get a $200 commission? Right. Who are they going to make that call for? Right. Comedy sounds real political. I didn't know. Who are they going to make that call for? You right, know? Right. Yeah, man. I mean, we just had uh, the kid, uh, Matt Reif. Yeah, I know, he Matt. Was, he came through. 
He was he on moved our out he, there when I was out there. Yeah, when he, I was going back. I remember when he was like 15, 16 coming right. out there. He did our podcast because we flew him out for our season finale, and he was talking about um, just having yeah, just going to Laugh Factory and just sit for a year just watching. Oh, I remember. Just trying that. to just trying to. I remember when just trying to break to in. It. And he's you know uh, I think six years later he's he's try he's featuring now with for um, Eric Griffin and oh yeah he's doing you know, his thing. Chris Red and oh, yeah. all those guys yeah oh yeah but no man Jamie they ran me through all the clubs you know I used to do Laugh Factory Hollywood I used to do are you done with L A no I mean I still go you know you still you know but my thing is now I've been just been doing it so long. If I'm not, if you're not really seriously talking to me about doing some stuff about a deal, if I'm yeah. not gonna get paid, if I say, all right, what's the, what's, the, what am I gonna get paid? And you start saying, ah, well, let me see. Yeah, I'm done with you. So you travel the whole country. What do you think about DC as a scene right now? Because you've you've gone through. You started uh, in '97. Fast forward to 2018. DC has like the best scene to me. It's it's just it's it's because we right now. because we 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 uh, we right on the. Line of the South, we understand the South. Mm-hmm. We speak that we can speak their language. We right. drive thirty miles down, and we in the South. We just kind of understand everything. We understand politics. Right. Even the hood comedians around here understand politics. It's just the city we live in. Yeah. DC is a funny dynamic, man. People that live in the projects here live, have three suits, wear jobs that where they wear suits to work. Mm. You know, everybody. Most people in DC wear certain tie to work. Even the project people, they be the best dressed male man, male person in the building. Yeah. <laughs> they be out dressing the people, the lawyers that work there. That's right. They have yeah. Armani suits and shit, work in the mail room. DC definitely has its own swag. They have their own swag, you know. And we can go to New York and we can blend in the New York. We can we can blend in Atlanta. DC always has been like that, you know. I mean, we didn't put out so many stars. You got Chappelle. You got Martin Lawrence. You got Wanda Sykes. You got. Did you ever do shows with those guys? I have. I've done shows with Chappelle. I've done shows with. I've done. I've done one. T- I worked with Martin once. I've worked with Wanda Sykes. A tell few us. Times. A, tell us some Chappelle story you got for us. It was more so when when I worked with Chappelle. It was more so like in New York. Yeah, it just the so clubs just, just doing spots. It's just doing spots. Wasn't like a we was in some remote spot in Kansas City where I was sitting <laughs> yeah, there yeah, nah, but talking tell, to the but, Zen master, getting all yeah, the nah, but tell but tell us about the doing spots in New York, like how the the process of like the, at one point I read that you were homeless. I was because like I said, when you moved to uh, New when York, I moved to, when I left DC, how many years did I you didn't do in know DC I, before you moved? I did a year in DC. So you were like, fuck it, I won I'm, second place in this competition. I'm, I'm funnier I'm than I'm Coco. I'm I got probably, on Comic View. Yeah. <laughs> oh I got shit! On comic you got on Comic View in the six first months, year in six months. That's incredible. You know, that's probably the most incredible. Yeah, <laughs> six months in, I got on Comic View. Yeah, I don't know any other uh, comic that's got six on months TV. in. I was that- on on Comic View. Three years in, I had been. I had taped Comic View coming to the stage and Comic View twice in three years. Jeez, you know, and had already been on the road with Ricky Smiley and all these people Ricky in three Smiley. years. Mm-hmm. Ricky Smiley, yeah. But, so how um, old were you when you started? Twenty four, because I, I that's what I was saying. I started when I got out of the military, right when at the tail end of my military career. I so seriously have PTSD. So did, did writing jokes come naturally to you? I was always the funny guy in school, you know. I was so a guy you, from. So you were performing and writing, you, yeah, because you could write. Great I can write, yeah. I could, uh, but I was always that guy. Even in high school, people from other schools would come to try to 
challenge me in a in a in a Jonin fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, you got to go against Alex if you want if you think you're the king, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I tr- seriously went through some stuff in uh, the military. A lot of people don't know, but I tried to commit suicide one time when I was in the military. In the military while active. While I was active duty, hmm. just off of some. I was working nine one one. I was work. I was working in the ER. The ER. A lady calls nine one one. Me and my buddy, we work in the system. She said my husband here to kill me. We like, oh well, we'll send security police. She's like, well, hurry up. He said he coming. We like, well, even if he get to the gate, we gonna stop. About three minutes later, she called back. She said he here, he here, he here. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. Let me call. When I say that, pow! Hmm. Damn. He shoot her about twelve times while I'm listening. Kids screaming in the background. You know what I'm saying? Police, you hear the police cars pulling up like. Shoot out with the police. He shoot one of the police, then kill himself. I'm listening. While you're on the phone. With I'm you. on the phone. I'm listening to this whole shit go down. You know what I'm saying? So this is on base over on on, on the Air Force base. So I'm the, I'm the ER person too. So I'm working a 12-hour shift. So f- maybe five hours after they did the whole scene or whatever, they bring the bodies to me. Now I have to take x-rays up. I have to unzip them out the body bag. The rigor mortis and set in. I got. Why do you have to do the X-rays? Well, if, I'm the X-ray tech on base. So you're the operator and the X-ray guy. Oh yeah. Well, at night because you're on skeleton shift. You know what mm. I'm saying. So there's not enough it's people a, to yeah, do. It's it's not, a, it's, it it just seems nurses. like you have that. You already have it's that a few job. Nurses. Like Jesus, man. You it's got a few that nurses. <laughs> you know the, the ER nurses. I was the X-ray tech, but we all just kind of sat at the at the desk taking right. whatever comes in. Hmm. But. I had to, the lady, her arm, the rigor mortis had set in. I'm like breaking yeah. arm. And I don't know who brought the kids oh to the hospital God. with the bodies. Oh, that's, that's so, so now cool. they standing in my lobby screaming. Both their mom and daddy in here in body bags. You know they're, what I'm saying? The, the people, they were, they were active duty as well? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. This is the stories that people don't even hear. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, I'm like, F the military. Yeah. I want out. At any cost. Yeah. I'm smoking weed. I'm doing whatever. I'm telling them every day. I'm coming in every day like, yeah, I smoked weed last night. Why? What? But they never would help me. Even like even knowing the situation that happened? <laughs> they never would help me. I just won my case uh, and got PTSD and just got awarded PTSD two years ago. Okay. After all these years? I've been fighting it since... I got out. Because there's like, there's like military court you got to go yeah, through, right? Yeah. So I've been fighting this since I got out in 98. Which is slow. slow and I slow. just got yeah. awarded my shit two years ago. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and they help, they, they send you checks based on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean now, you know. Yeah, but it wasn't. But, for... but back then when I was homeless in New York, you know, I, I could have used one of them checks. Right. But at the time, I didn't even care. I just was. You were gone. I was just gone. You were gone. Mentally, you were gone. Mentally, I was just gone. The girl Especially I was dating back then, I was all messed up in the head, so she well, had mean, left me. You, you know, know what I'm saying? You know, under those circumstances, that's normal. I mean, I don't. it's like if any, a lot of people who I think go through that type of traumatic experience, would, would, would that would happen to them. I'd say. It's not like, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, that's not a regular, that's not a regular situation. It's not a regular situation. You know what I mean? So I got to the point where I just didn't give a damn no more. You know, the girl I was dating, she had left me. She had got married. And I had been dating her for like five years. She went and married a dude. I got on Comic View. When I got back, I'm still just depressed after Comic View. I'm just sitting in my house, man. You st- I just packed just, up all my stuff yeah. and just went. From that ex- that, that experience is what stemmed all of it. It just stemmed me. I, yeah. I didn't, 
even till this day, you know me, Martin. I don't chase this comedy. Right. I never done this to get famous. Right. I did it to stay alive back then. Yeah, you needed it. You know what I'm saying? I needed it. I never intended. Comedy saved I you. never intended to get on TV. I didn't even care. You know what I'm saying? That's why they used to be like, "Oh man, Scott is crazy." Right. I'll just be sitting there on taping BET. I'll just be sitting on set smoking a cigarette. And they'd be like, Scott, you can't do that. I'd be like, whatever, fuck you. <laughs> right. I don't want to be in this motherfucker. Just, I'm just so happy I'm the best comedian. And they got to use you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but man. the craziest ones are the ones they it like. It seems like the greatest the, ones, yeah. Uh, are, the craziest to... ones are the ones yeah. they like. And they egg you on, like you said, to, to, to keep going at that point. Yeah. So that's how I ended up in New York. I slept in Central Park for a while. I ain't had no plan. I ain't even know anybody up there at the time. I had like $700. Packed all my shit and just jumped on the bus. I had never been to New York City Said, in my fuck life. It. Hmm. Never been in my life. A year in comedy? Never been in my life. And just said, fuck it. I got up there. So one day I'm in Central Park. I got my shit. I'm searching for a place. I look over and this other this white boy, he doing the same thing. So we like, maybe we should just find a place together. He was a banjo player. Hmm. From Missouri. Now, when you're when you're deciding on whether to bunk with the home another homeless guy, what what's going through your mind as far as like a good homeless bunk buddy? Because uh, you know you military, he, he you looked, you know I'm, you got he look he I could tell by his luggage and shit that he wasn't homeless all the, all, homeless, all the way homeless. homeless. He wasn't all the way he gone. He was just searching for he was like new homeless. He was new. Well, he was just searching. I could just tell by his shit. You know what I'm saying? LLB bag he, yeah, and shit. He didn't have. <laughs> He didn't Ain't have nobody that, homeless yeah. with L.L. Bean. He didn't have that homeless energy. He didn't. He didn't. So come to find out, he wasn't homeless, really. He was a medical student from mm. Missouri. And I don't know if people ever heard of this guy. I had never heard of him. It was a banjo player. The most famous banjo player in the world was this guy named Bella Fleck. Mm. And his mom and dad sent him to New York to get lessons from this banjo player. Mm. And they told him he had to find his own place to live. They'll pay for his lessons because these lessons were, like, expensive. So me and him ended up getting to this damn, uh, in this hostel on uh, 84th and Broadway. I don't know if you know New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 84th and Broadway. Not the, yeah. Up on the Upper West Side. <laughs> yeah. So I was homeless, but I was homeless in, like, the nice neighborhood. <laughs> right, right, right. I could have whipped somebody's ass on the Upper West Side. <laughs> right. So I was living in this hostel. I ended up working at uh, Red Lobster. I used to bark at the uh, Boston Comedy Club. You know what barking is? Yeah, man. For barking, for those who don't know, listening, it's uh, when you stand outside. I had to do that outside Grizzly Pear for, when I was out there mm-hmm. uh, next to the cellar. Mm-hmm. But barking is basically That's where you, I barked at, you were on right the, next to the cellar. You were uh, basically... The Boston it, was right there by the Burger King and all that. You try to get audience members to come off the street into the club and if you get four or five people in, they'll you give some, you stage yeah, time. You get some stage time. So that's oh, how you basically yeah. get so stage like when, So like when I'm walking around times, times. You're like, comedy, like show, comedy, comedy show, comedy show, comedy oh, show. They're comedians. Oh, we got a funny comedy And if they get some people in, they get to get on stage. That's the only, when you're starting out, that's the only way you can get on stage. Yeah. So, I gotta, so I got to tell them that I was referred to by this person. Well, somebody's standing yeah. there watching them, yeah. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. And they, uh, they, I'm pretty sure they letting them know, motherfucker, I got this one, this one, Sometimes you give them tickets and it has your name on it. Yeah. So like they know. Yeah, so. So there's all types of ways, but uh, yeah, man, bark, it, and it's right. Wintertime barking is the worst. The worst. It's the worst. I used to live on 84th Street, and I remember nights doing shows down in the village, and the people don't know the village. The village is West Fourth. Hmm. I lived on 84th, 
And I was so broke, I ain't have that two dollars to get on the subway. Or if I did have two dollars, that was the two dollars I needed to get to work or something the next day. Hmm. So it'd be like ten degrees outside, and I have to walk like eighty blocks. Oof. I remember some nights I had to walk backwards because my lip would be frozen to my gum. When you're going through all this stuff, what are you thinking, man? Is it like I just see? Well, but well, at well, that time, like I said, man, I didn't give a damn. Your your mind was already gone. I was like, gone. You were, like, you were gone. I was gone. I was in another world. You so know, you're what I'm like, I, I I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go all the way in. There's nothing else for me. I this ain't, is it. Yeah, this is it. This is it. Either this or die at that point. Yeah, you know what I'm like, saying? Yeah. That's where I was at, you know? Which is honestly probably the the only way you could have got through that. Because yeah. there's no, there, if you had like someone you were in love with or like oh, you're, you're worried about your, what your family thinks, oh, yeah. that's not going to fly it, in New York or trying to chase comedy. It doesn't, man. Comedy is a very dark. <laughs> it's dark, man. <laughs> it's when tough. I say, when I say I didn't give a damn, like I would, I would rent rooms in Brooklyn. I had never been to Brooklyn in my life. Just walking through the projects. Don't give a damn who yeah. I know. They be like, you better know last, somebody yeah. when you live over there. I, I lasted, and I'm like, yeah, I lasted two months in Bushwick. Yeah. I had rats. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I couldn't. I had I, a dead body on my stoop oh my God. when I lived off of Nostrand. Yeah, Nostrand. Nostrand yeah. Avenue. Yeah, that's I had crazy. a dead body on my stoop. Kingston Troop. Yeah, I know where that's oh, at. Yeah. Kingston mm-hmm. and Troop. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know where that's at. By boys and girls in high school. <laughs> like, yeah, I know where that's yeah. at. I used to be a plumber. Oh, That's what job I got. I used to be working with a dude that was snatching boilers so you, out the basement. <laughs> so you worked at Red Lobster. You were a plumber. What other jobs did you have while you were in New York? Uh, a toy store. <laughs> the the Red Lobster uh, uh, story. A was guy worked there. Yeah, Red Lobster uh, employee with PT, uh, PTSD. PTSD. That sounds like a sitcom. Oh, it was. <laughs> the, the Red Lobster story was the craziest one. I worked at the Red Lobster in Queens, right next to. If you heard of the uh, rapper Capone and Noriega, yeah. I worked at the Red Lobster right at Left Rack City. Oh, my goodness. They used to have this uh, karaoke every Wednesday night packed. I would make a couple of hundred dollars on Wednesday night. So one night this guy comes in with this chick. Chick come in with another dude. They they dating. He on a date, get up, kill the dude that his girlfriend on a date with. Oh, my goodness. In Red Lobster. Hmm. Jesus. And you're working. I'm working. Shoot him up at the bar. <laughs> it's just like murder yeah. follows you, dog. This, this oh, sounds man. like New York in the nineties. It's nineties. This it's sounds 90s. like New York in the nineties because New York is really not like that now. It's not like that. New York yeah. is like the safest place ever now. Yeah. Me and Eddie B had the funniest story. These dudes tried to rob us one night in Philly. Eddie Bryant. Eddie Bryant yeah. tried to rob us one night in Philly. So we drove from Philly back to Brooklyn that night. We got back to Brooklyn like we so glad to be back here where it's safe. <laughs> <laughs> Like you That's, know, in the eighties, you would Brooklyn is like the nicest spot yeah, ever now. It is, man. It's expensive, especially too. like downtown Brooklyn. Uh, it's expensive, even Crown Heights. Yeah, Crown Heights. See, now that's where yeah. I was at Crown Heights. Now, when yeah. I lived in Crown Heights, no, not sir. the same. <laughs> you might hear somebody just bust off a gun. I remember they had a crime wave coming down the street on Halloween. Hmm. The one year when I was living up there, beating up everybody. Ooh, the purge. Oh, the purge. <laughs> I seen this lady pushing her stroller and had the baby. They were throwing eggs. And I was, like, trying to make it back, and I was going to grab the baby. When I seen them hit the baby with the egg, I said, they don't give yeah, a damn. No. I, just, I had to go at that point. <laughs> when, when they rocked the baby, I said, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, so you're working at Red Lobster. You see someone getting killed. I just run out. Then, I ain't and never then had. You, and then I, you doing comedy at nighttime? I'm doing comedy. I had never had. I had, like, $600 that I hadn't turned in. You know, at Red Lobster, you turn all your stuff in right. at the end. The lady called me the next day like, hey, I'm going to need you to come in. I'm like, when they start shooting all my money, I had my money in my hand. I said, it just yeah. flew up in the ass. 
<laughs> I mean, that's hey. hey that sounds never, like a good excuse to me. The whole time I was living in New York, I had never had six hundred dollars in my pocket at right. one time ever, 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 ever. And this is in the nineties, so in that's, the 90s. Yeah, that can go a long way. Yeah, yeah, man. So who were the who were the guys in New York that were like uh, your mentors or people who were who were? Uh, Donnell Rollins was probably the first guy who took you on. Kind who of took me under his wing when I first got there. Donnell has Donnell he's started. From here, he's, from he's from DC. And then he moved to New York, yes. right? Yep. And he, he made a name he for himself. Was blowing up. He was blowing up already. He was like one of the only uh, black guys, black comics that I knew that was Good. hosting and really working in the mainstream clubs. Mm-hmm. Donnell. What was it about Donnell? Was it the energy? The, the, the... Just the energy, you know? He's just a he just likable person, too. Mm-hmm. Funny guy, hard worker, you know? Uh, Donnell, uh, Kevin Hart was still... He was new. Yeah, he was still making a name for himself. He was still in the this 90s. is before Paper Soldiers, you know? Mm-hmm. I remember that I went to the Paper Soldiers auditions. I remember when he got Paper Soldiers, you know? I remember when he was still catching the train and doing Philly, New York. Yeah, doing the Philly, New York, coming to DC, doing uh the hundred dollar rooms. I remember that. Yeah. You know? I remember Mike Epps before famous. Yeah, I used Mike to ride Epps. Around and, yeah. with Mike before famous. Um at the time, I was hanging with, you ever heard of Dean Edwards? I know Dean Edwards. He was on SNL. I was hanging with him when he got SNL. So did you did you live with any of these guys? Did Me you, and Jay Phillips lived together. You and Jay Phillips? Well, we lived with my cousin. Mm. And we used to sleep Because I know a lot, of, a lot of comics shack up. Oh, yeah. They, they, they live all, seven, they eight live in the house. They live seven, eight in the house. I think Mike Epps and Tony Woods, I think, at one point. They all lived together. Yeah, Neil That's Brand- how I knew Mike. Yeah. Because I used to be with Tony, Tony and Donnell yeah, yeah, yeah. and all those guys. Neil so we, Brennan and uh, and Tony Woods lived in the same spot, too. Yes. <laughs> all these comedians. All Everybody's been roommates with a comedian yeah. at least once. Yeah. <laughs> you know, me I'm, and Jay Phillips lived with my cousin out there. We, Me and Jay had like three or four spots because Jay still had a spot in Baltimore at the time, too, because he was married back then. Oh, shit. He's still married to the same lady. That's amazing. But he man. got married back then. He had a, one little kid back then. And uh, he was driving back and forth to uh, New York every week. Every week. He would come up and crash with me on the weekends. And we would run and do all the spots. Uh, Red Grant, he didn't move to New York. Red moved to L.A. at that time. Yeah. Around the same time. Him and Red and Jay been out in L.A. Both of them been in L.A. like 20 years now. Yeah. Almost. So after 20 years, you D.C., New York, L.A., you're back in D.C., so you, everything kind of came full circle. Looking back at everything, what do you think, like, would you have done? What, what What would you say was, like, your biggest, like, crazy moment if you had to take all that shit? The craziest moment? The craziest moment. Your what-the-fuck moment. Like, what what is it about the 20 years of comedy or what's your takeaway from this whole shit? Because a lot of people listening, man, like, I'm – I my literally, takeaway, like – when My I to- takeaway now is, uh, you know, fame ain't shit, man. What do you mean by that? Like, it I, just – I seen I've seen my friends get famous and I done seen people get famous and I done seen them go unfamous. Yeah. You know? And at the end of the day, if you really famous, I, that seemed like when they get the loneliest. Yeah. You got you a know, family you got a family. You got a right family. Now. I got a family right now, but kids. Yeah, kids, all that. But even the guys that got family and kids. If you super famous, I look at some people. I don't, I don't call names, but some of these guys been on the road thirty years. Yeah, working every weekend. And if you work the Improv and the Funny Bones, which is the biggest chain, I, I keep saying them, but I'm not 
singling them out. But if you work that that all the comedy zones or anything like that, you know, Martin, you work Wednesday through Sunday. Yeah. So if you or, or gru- at least Thursday it, it, gru- or at least it's, Thursday it's, it's through gru- Sunday, it's, gr- it's grueling work. It's, it's grueling not- work. It's grueling work. So and you, it's lonely. It's lonely. You're in the hotel. So you think about it. You're going you're home from your family Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I was, a, I was in Miami on Sunday. Yeah, I was. You in- travel on Monday. You home half day Monday. You in these like weird ass markets cities. <laughs> you home half day Monday, all day Tuesday, back on the road Wednesday. Some of these guys been doing that for thirty years. Can't imagine. Was, for me. So was it's not for me, yeah. you know. And I, after I got, I, I'm at the age now, and I've been in the game long enough now. I see people who starting to blow up, and they working every weekend. I don't be jealous, not one goddamn bit. Yeah, I'm like you can have that shit. <laughs> they put yeah. <laughs> you can have it. At one point, man, I was on an airplane four, three, four times a week. Yeah, I hate that shit. Airports. Knees back, my knees messed up, my back messed yeah. up. I used to sleep at the airport. I used to have a buddy pass, and I used to fly from uh, my buddy passes with Frontier Airlines yeah. out of DC. <laughs> so my hub was that was Denver. No matter where you're going with Frontier, you got to go to oh Denver. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't give a damn if your ass going to Charlotte. <laughs> your ass got to fly to Denver and back to goddamn North Carolina. Jeez. When I tell you I slept in the goddamn airport in Denver so much, the people started knowing me. The, the janitor lady, would, she like, hey, Alex, you can go in the office. That's how many times I slept at the airport, <laughs> that the janitors used to let me go in there and sleep on the cot. Yeah, to all the comics listening, they're fucking, they're, uh, they're, uh, I think they're debating on whether or not they want to do comedy right now. <laughs> I mean, this, I laugh this is important, some, though. I laugh at some people, man, because they yeah. always, I see them on Facebook and Instagram, they like, I'm about this life. And they ain't yeah. left goddamn D.C. You ain't about yeah. shit. Yeah. You ain't about shit. What do you have to say to, like, young comics who were thinking about trying to do this for real and, like, really, really, they think they know, but, like, if you If you really want to do this for real, just know that this shit ain't glamorous. Yeah. It ain't no goddamn, that it's not a lifestyle that you see on TV that you see Kevin Hart living. You right. know. I mean, we should see the social media. We like, see the we social see media. Right. Everybody like, look good on social media. Yeah. Right. You don't see that shit when they put the post down yeah, and they dog. smiling and show they beer and they blunt and then they hang the phone up and then they wife calling like, where the fuck you at? I ain't <laughs> seen you in three weeks. Right. Kids asking where you at. You know, by the time your kids graduate high school, they like, I don't want that motherfucker at my graduation. Yeah. I don't know you. Well, this was a fire episode, man. Uh, man I definitely appreciate you uh, coming through on the late night. Um, is there a social media where people people can follow you at? Don't follow me. No, I'm just fucking around. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just fucking around. Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram, man. Uh, I call myself Frederick the Great. Frederick the Great. Where's yeah. that from? Uh, I don't know. Just the name? Just the name. Just I try. Out there. I, you know what, man? Like I said. Ten years ago, I gave it. I did. I, I don't give a damn about social media and shit no yeah. more, because the big stuff on my resume all hit before social media. Yeah, you know, my Def Jams and my Comic Views and all that shit was before social media. So for a long time, I was pissed with social media. Like, what the fuck? 
None fuck. of this shit was around yeah. when I was doing my famous shit. Right, 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 when right. I was doing shows with 71 million well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, viewers. though. This, this joint gets some listeners and people who listen to this. Oh, yeah. If you tell them to follow you, they will follow you. So but no, nah, that's tomorrow. what's up, man. No, I, I then, always get followers when I do the Overachiever show. Yeah, and I always try to You got to, to like, have this show in town, man. You know, Martin... I haven't done. You haven't seen me out doing open mic since you stopped I, doing Vendetta. I, I know. I, hey, listen, and I and when you came through, I always looked out because you got to put the vets on the. Sh- you got to give them. The I spot. haven't done open mic since you stopped doing. That Vendetta. was a dope room, man. That was, that was a dope room. I love that. It was a nice workout room. You never disrespected the time. You right. You kept everybody moving. You know, all the comics did their shit. You know, some of these rooms, man, I just. It's just too many rules. Yeah. I don't know where these rules come from. Like, I was in Richmond a few weeks ago, and a guy was saying, I'm teaching a comedy class. He said, I never knew it was rules to hosting. Hmm. I said, it ain't. Just (laughs) be funny and bring the motherfuckers up. That's the rules. Well, thank you guys for listening to episode 11, man. Uh, If you didn't get your tickets, go to theoverachieversdc.com for tickets. We're going to be sold out probably by early next week. So make sure you get your tickets right away. It's my birthday show. Let's turn up, come through with some Persian cake. We'll see you guys at the show. Yo, I wrote this basement. Never, never tunnels type portion. Just to accompany some audio distortion. Bust a popcorn dropping off my cassette and bust a kid crumbs how you feel. I'm feeling blessed, Yeah, the square roots be the setters of examples. Find a rhythm in the static of your samples. Making your move to the groove as we soothe the air of the listener or the musical. Prisoner G, now you're free. You can be or you wanna be. Go in you wanna go and see all you wanna see because yo your ambitions I won't neglect and to the brothers who ain't here no respect so brother quest how you living what you're giving black to me the brother with the linens and the apple jack busy till the break of dawn the first verse is bored I passed the popcorn it looks like another one coming around it looks like another one coming around it looks like another one coming around so the black door had to get down y'all yeah it looks like another one coming around it looks like another one coming around Complicate the middle state as they invade the masquerade. They couldn't fade with the clipper blade. Ten years in the trade is not enough, they can't cut it. I let you take a swing and you butt it for an easy out. I leave MCs with doubt of exceeding. My name is Booty Brown and I'm proceeding. Leading, they try to follow, but they shallow and hollow. I can see right through them like an empty 40 bottle of OE. They have no key or no clue to the game at all. Now they washed up, hung out the dry, standing looking stupid, wondering why. Why, man? It was the fame, fame that they tried to get. Now they walking around talking about represent and keep it real. But I got to appeal because they existed in the fantasy when holding it still. rock a baby. Listen to your heartbeat pumping to a fine. Ravine of all things, it's the vein of a shrine. Omissions impossible, impossible cause I'm headed for a new sector 365. Days from now, I'll wipe the sweat from my eyes. And each and every tree will stick a fall from the skies of my cloud nine. From homies all the way to six, no matter how fine. Controlling it's a scrolling way to wreck a proud mind. And you hold it in your hands and watch a man start crying. Tear after tear in the puppet man's hands. Every time you take a stance, you do the puppet man's dance. And the world's at a 
standstill. Deep in broken man's bill, trapped in the boat yeah. with an anvil still. Killing yourself uh-huh. and dogging your help. You ain't amphibious, so grab a hold of yourself. But through my will, my flow still will spill. Toxic slip to shock sick like electrocute. When I execute acutely over the rhythm on those that pollute extra dosages is what I gotta give them. Got them mad and trembling. Cause I've been up in my lab assembling missiles to bomb the enemy. Because they envy me in the making of my mad currency. Currently, I think we're in the state of an emergency. Cause niggas didn't sow they souls and now they souls is hollow. And I think they can't follow. They can't swallow the truth because it hurts. This is how I put it down. This is my earth, my turf. The worth of my birth is a billion. And you know what time it is. I'm gonna make a million. Yeah, you know what time is it? I love her like Egyptian on her description. My royal highness. So many pluses when I bust that there can't be no minus. Went from yelling crickets and crows, bitches and hoes and queen things. Over the years I've been up on my toes and yes, I sing things like Kira. Shit, why? Because them folks might think you soft talking like that. Man, fuck them niggas, I'm going off and coming right back like boomerangs when you throw them. With these old ghetto poems, think it is better for them when they can let they throw them. Down from hitchhiking and fighting niggas into the temple, they called the body. Now everybody got it, had it. Talked about it amongst their friends. Coming around my crew, looking jazzy, wanna pretend like you miss Four shoes, even bro knew that you got coats. Like act your function patience while our nation is a broke, straight sinking. I hate thinking that these the future mamas up by chilling. They fucking a different nigga every time they get the feeling too. I'm willing to go the extra kilo. Me there just to see my senorita get her pillow. On the side of my bed where no good ever stayed. House and doctor was the games we used to play, but now it's real jazz and bell. Always a usual suspect, no check. All I got in this game is my respect. I saw the pride I'd be talking my fucking head. Scared, look it up in your face. Boy, I see dead if you chest like SAT. Then I guess that we may be enemies, then the peace. Freestyles be freebies. I be that wrong nigga to fuck with. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't I be the wrong one to try? Never eating chicken thighs, only the 20 piece mojo. Flows on like flojo. I wanted to figure out just how low could your hoe go. The beat hit like Big Street. Crush, grooving, breaking, never begging. Rebuke these Satan. We had you waiting for the second coming. Money, how time flies when you're rhyming. Love about your records. I think they got the perfect timing to be dope and then Saddam believe the nation of Islam. Fuck the police and the dogs. Never that dope about your car. I think they overstepped their boundaries. Uh, OJ, not guilty. That's how they found he. Like sunshine and while rainy at the same time, I kept on rhyming. 
not complaining, yeah. stone raining, cats and dogs, my cats are all leave aside, look off, no up their dates, loops, I'm hats to this, too, all you all saw, some Roscoe Pico people, who can boost my locomotion, but enough of that, everyone can rap, but let's say gifts and hosts it, yeah. I use my gift of death to both them bragging every rhyme, I impose on y'all, be sick of that, cause I know I do when I hear those flows, that ain't hip hop, you find that shit in the gift shop, but to each his own, my speech is phone, keep that shit up out of my yeah. zone, long as you happy, then I'm happy, even if you just take my fucking guts, go ahead and dap me, cause I'm gon' dap you anyway, and then go home and pray for your ass later, cause we might need you in this war, I'm wellin' on you traders yeah. like that, 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 that,
caught up in the life I live as hell. See, I never thought I'd see the day when I would calm down. You ain't heard, I've been on the clown and get around. That's my word, see, you're walking and you're looking good. Yes, indeed, got a body like a sex fiend. You're killing me with your attitude to match right. Don't be phony, cause I hate it when you act like. You don't know me, I've been stressing in the spotlight. I want the fame, but the industry's a lot like. A crap game, ain't no time for commitment. I gotta go, can't be with you every minute. It's another show, and even though I'm known for my one night stand, look here, I wanna be an honest man, but temptation's gone. Swinging swords 
like Shinobi. Stunt grounds and bound footprints of solid rock. Who got it locked performing live on your hottest fly? As the world turns, I spread like germ. Bless the globe with the pestilence. The hard-headed never learn. This my testament to those burn. Play my position in the game of life, standing firm. On foreign land, jump the gun out the frying pan. Into the fire, transform into the ghost rider. A six-pack and a street car named Desire. Who got my back in the line of fire holding back? What? My peoples, if you with me, where the fuck you at? Niggas is strapped and they trying to twist my beer cap. It's quite a journey for the bad seed from bad sperm. Herb got my wig fried like a bad perm. What the blood? Clots. We smoke pot and blow spots. You want to think twice? I think not. Now I ain't long ain't got to tell you where it's coming from. Guns are never wrong. Tearing up your battle zone. Rip through your slums. I twist darts from the heart. Try to intrude. Loop my voice on the LP. Martini on the slang rock. Certified chatterbox. Vocabulary dawning talking. Tell your story walking. Take cover, kid. What? Run for your brother, kid. Run for your team. And your six can't rhyme groupies. So I can squeeze with the advantage and get wasted. My deadly notes reign supreme. Your fort is basic compared to mine. Domino effect, arts and crafts. Paragraphs contain cyanide. Take a free ride on my thought. I got the fashion. Catalog for all y'all that all praise through the guard. The saga continues. Wu-Tang. Wu-Tang. Olympic to To all the killers and the hundred dollar billers. For real, because who ain't got no feelings. Check it out now. Official Queensbridge murderers, the mob comes equipped for warfare. Beware of my crime family who got enough shots to share for all those who want to profile and pose. Rock you in your face, stab your brain with your nose bone. You all alone in these streets, cousin. Every man for themselves in his land, we be gunning. And keep them shook crews running like they supposed to. They come around, but they never come close to. I can see it inside your face, you're in the wrong place. Cowards like you just get their whole body laced up with bullet holes and sucks. Speak the wrong words, man, and you will get touched. You can put your whole army against my team, and I guarantee you it'll be your very last time breathing. Your simple words just don't move me. You're minor, we major. You all up in the game and don't deserve to be a player. Don't make me have to call your name out. We cool as featherweight. My gunshots will make you levitate. I'm only 19, but my mind is older. When the things get for real, my warm heart turns cold. Enough nigga to Another story is told, it ain't nothing really And yo done sparked the Philly So I can get my mind off these yellow back niggas While they still alive, I don't know, go figure Meanwhile, back in Queens, the realness and foundation If I die, I couldn't choose a better location When the slugs penetrate, feel a burning sensation Getting closer to God in a tight situation now Take these words home and think it through Or the next rhyme I write might be about you Sunday show, cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look, they shook Cause ain't no such things as halfway crooks Scared to death and scared to look Living the life that of diamonds and guns There's numerous ways you can choose to earn funds Some get shot, locked down, and turn nuns Cowardly hearts and straight up shook ones Shook ones Just shook ones Skip all the nonsense and listen to this. 
Rich Laws Pro on the check-in. Crisper than Chris, no doubt. Rip the phone out. Water your drought. Keep rising to the top. That's what it about. For real, not for fiction. Flip it, convert. To a money getting raps all live on earth. By satellite straight from the depths. He reps. Find out, Doc, you got stopped at your steps. With the marvelous glow, we rock, rush the show. On tour in the fall, man. It's Lars Pro. Phenomenal. Fake ones fall just like a domino. Done. Get your rip on, I drop it in one. So why you talking shit, niggas? We stacking chips. Letting no lyrical clips on this place and shit. Extra P, your nicks out of here. We're back again. Strapped again. For those who didn't think we could win. Attack like Dracula, causing massacres. Blasting ya with the spectacular Lyrics moving through your spirits Quick, fast, and top speed Give the people what they need Yes, indeed See exotic sparking mics From Queens to Crown Heights And all labels play your hate my shit Suck the dick, independent Selling records, nigga You better check it It's not what you expected Like a death wish I'm aiming at you Ready to blow the frame at you Leave you Stiff at the statue With no more doubts in you Exotics and in all We trying to stack this cheese Cause shit be crazy And can the nigga phase me Hey, yo, it's Rhymania 99 
Bounce, 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 bounce